0: Welcome to Scientific American for March 2010. We have four interesting articles for you. You'll hear about recent discoveries in brain activity that may hold a key to understanding neurological disorders and even consciousness itself. You'll learn about the problems that must be solved in order to construct and operate a fusion-based power plant. And you'll hear how a lethal gas, best known for smelling like rotten eggs, could help unlock new treatments for heart attack victims. But first, it's our cover story. In The Moon That Would Be a Planet, Ralph Lorenz of the Johns Hopkins University Applied Physics Laboratory and Christian Soten, a senior research scientist at the Jet Propulsion Laboratory of the California Institute of Technology, write about how Saturn's largest moon has an atmosphere that's thicker than Earth's and a surface that is almost as varied. If we'd not known the images were coming back from Titan, we might have guessed they were new pictures of Mars or Earth. Some people in the control room saw the California coast, some saw the French Riviera, and one person even said that Saturn's biggest moon looked like his backyard in Tucson. For three weeks, the Hygiene's probe had coasted, dormant, after detaching from the Cassini spacecraft and being sent on its way to Titan. Those of us watching anxiously felt a deep personal connection with the probe, not only had we worked on the mission for a large part of our careers, but we developed its systems and instrumentation by putting our minds in its place, to think through how it would function on an alien and largely unknown world. We imagined Titan might be like the comparably large moons of the outer solar system, such as Jupiter's cratered Callisto or grooved Ganymede. And so on the morning of January 14th, 2005, at the European Space Operations Center in Darmstadt, Germany, the pictures caused jubilation and puzzlement in equal measure. None of us expected the landscape to look so Earth-like. As Huygens parachuted down, its aerial pictures showed branching river channels cut by rain-fed streams. It landed on the damp, pebble-covered site of a recent flash flood. What was alien about Titan was its eerie familiarity. Now, five years on, we've had time to digest the probe's findings and put them in the bigger picture that Cassini... Having flown past Titan more than 60 times in its looping orbit around Saturn, has gradually pieced together. In size, bigger than Mercury, dynamism, more active than Mars, and atmosphere, thicker than Earth's, Titan is a planet by any other name. A wide variety of geologic processes shape its surface. Methane plays the role that water does on Earth. It evaporates from lakes, forms clouds, precipitates out, carves valleys and flows back into lakes. If only the atmosphere had some oxygen and the temperature were not minus 180 degrees Celsius, you'd feel at home on Titan. Before Cassini, our perspective on Titan was very one-dimensional. When the Voyager spacecraft flew by in 1980 and 1981, it saw only a haze-shrouded, orangish billiard ball, and the best that observatories in the mid-1990s could manage was a crude infrared map showing vaguely dark and bright areas. Scientists talked in terms of Titan's surface or its atmosphere as if a single measured quantity or descriptive phrase could capture an entire world. These generalizations have withered under the barrage of new data. We now have to refer to the low-latitude sand seas, or the atmosphere above the North Pole in summer, or a cloudy day in the southern lake district. Titan's low latitudes are a mix of rugged, bright hills, most notably the vast area named Xanadu, and dark sand seas, once thought to be liquid seas. Astronomers are always tempted to call dark areas seas.